You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. JSC has closed its doors, thank goodness, for another day. So it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as it's a Thursday, it's the double-headed Dream Team edition with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss, award-winning, and David Shapiro, also award-winning, from Sasfin Securities. <laughs> Horrible day, Viv. But before we get to the market action, let's talk about the Fed and the BOE, Bank of England, and the South African Reserve Bank. On hold, on hold, on hold. But still, the market doesn't like the tone of their post-on-hold rhetoric, do they? No, they don't. And because the tone is going to be on hold for now and raising next. The hope had been a little while ago that we'd be seeing the last of the rate hikes. And unfortunately, now that we've seen a little bit of a bounce up in terms of uh, inflation in the U.S. especially, uh, and I think some fears about oil prices. I mean, the oil price is up significantly over the last few months. And the round is because it's going to affect us in South Africa as well. Uh, that we are seeing inflation not quite dying out just yet. And I think that's, that's the real feeling of the market at the moment. Yes, I think it is. And David, I've always had this argument with economists because I still can't actually find a reason for it. And both of you, I want you to consider what I'm going to say now. If the oil price demand is inelastic, I mean, you two both have motor cars, I would have thought. I know David does. He's got a fancy little uh, Mini Cooper or something. Viv, I don't know what you've got, but you've probably got a car. Um, If the price goes up from, uh, you know, whatever it is to something else, 10% in a couple of months, you still have to fill up and take your kids to school and you still have to go to meetings and that sort of thing. So that takes money out of your pocket and therefore you can't spend that money on other things. So therefore demand is diminished. So surely it means that there's less demand in the system and therefore less upward pressure on prices. I don't know who wants to answer my rather childish analysis there. Maybe you, Viv, to start with, because you're the academic here. Yeah, look, I mean, when it comes to oil, I mean, there's a reason that you have OPEC. It's because if it wasn't for that, you know, uh, manipulating the market, you'd find oil prices fluctuating quite dramatically. Because like you said, the demand is is, 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 is is what it is, and it's going to go up or down, and the price of the of the uh, of petrol doesn't really basically affect it that much, um, and so OPEC kind of maintains some stability in the market from that point of view. But of course, because it's a monopoly, they want to keep the prices higher than they should be, and that's one of the reasons that we're seeing things in a bit of uh, an issue right, right, right now. I don't think it'll last. I think uh, this year, apparently, the U.S. is producing the most oil and gas it's ever done, um, and I think that you know some of the fears around Biden around oil have been a bit overblown. Uh, that being said, we are seeing demand increasing in places like India, etc., that are going to be a huge source of demand going forward. And if it wasn't for the fact that the Indians were taking Russian oil and were taking and sort of look at the global oil market, we would see oil prices, you know, twenty dollars higher than here, uh, because it's, it's the fact that they are breaking the sanctions to take Russian oil is kind of what's saving the market at the moment. Okay, David, Viv put his politician hat on there and didn't answer the question <laughs> I was asking. In other words, does a higher oil price actually reduce demand in other sectors of the economy? And maybe yes. you could take yes. off your politician <laughs> hat and, and, give, and give me the answer remember, I was looking for. Yeah, remember oil becomes a big part, uh, cost input. It's not only... Uh, filling up your car, yeah. but it also means uh, the boats that go out to catch fish, um, you know, the truck that delivers your um, your parcel, whatever it is. Yeah, so true. I think there is a, it, it, you know, there is it, it. It's quite widespread, but I don't think it's as big as it used to be, and I don't think it as globally has as much impact as it as it used to have. But okay. uh, but still, it is it is it is a worry. Um, I, you know, I've been trying to go through the numbers here. Um, I went through the governor's speech, 
And, um, you know, again, I don't know where this is going. Uh, to be honest, um, just just listening to Pal, and I, Lindsay, I did have a dilemma. I've got to tell you something. Because Pal started at 8 o'clock, and that was mm. in the middle of the Real Madrid game. Oh, uh, Real Madrid against <laughs> Union Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of... Who should I should I watch Real Madrid? Oh, it's an easy, e- easy decision. <laughs> yeah, no, but 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 the point the point listening to Paul, I just found a very confused man. I just I could not get any coherency out of what he was saying, and and at the end, uh, and I didn't read any reports. I said the only reason he's gone where he's gone is that he couldn't answer what lies ahead. Therefore, the easiest option, the default option, is to say. We're going to keep rates longer, you know, higher for longer. Um, I, you know, I didn't get a feeling that there was a great deal of understanding or control over uh, the situation, and which was which was in a way a bit worrying. You know, that's so. I thought the default option, the easiest way, is oh no, you know, we'll we'll only start reducing or uh, down in 2025. So I think there's a very confused overall position in the market, you know, and, and, and I think it also relates to oil as well. I don't think anybody quite understands uh, that market at the moment. Okay. Uh, Viv, when just before we started this podcast, you mentioned, Lindsay, are you going to mention Astral Foods? Because the share price down <laughs> yeah. over 10%. I mean, it's one thing after another for these chicken producers. And I'm just looking at the headline here. It says, South Africa faces chicken meat shortage. I mean, this is the protein of choice in South Africa. As power crisis and bird flu hit producers, Astral Foods down over 10%. It's a very, very sad story, isn't it? Well, most certainly. And I mean, uh, apparently, like the big uh, retailers like Checkers, etc., are contacting these guys to see if they can how many birds they have available for the festive season because it's going to be in that period of time that we're still going to be experiencing a bit of a shortage. And they don't want to be out of, uh, you know, chickens in that period. So, yeah, expect food prices that are chicken and eggs to rise, you know, significantly over the next few months. I think you look back in the last one, I think back in 2017, we saw like a 20-plus percent increase in pricing back then. Uh, and I think that we might see something similar happening here again. Uh, and like you said, it's the it's, it's the it's the protein of choice. Uh, so you are going to see that really give a, a, a very big uh, you know, impact on the economy. But Viv, does this open the open the door? I think what, what, what's going to happen? Sorry, go on, David. Ask I Dave. just want to tell yeah. poor old Viv mm. that he's not going to be eating chickens. He's going to be eating pultreds as his uh, as his protein of mm. choice. You know, so just. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can afford it here, yeah, but that, 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 that's the thing. It's like you know, for me, for me, like a chicken price, even doubling wouldn't no, make no, no difference in my life. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if we're talking about uh, like a, like a 2017 it, number. But, but, yeah. okay. Viv, you must buy kosher chickens. I'll tell. I'll send you to Moishi's. Yeah, at is least you're going to get them. Yeah, you'll get them. They're expensive, but you'll get them. How much is a kosher chicken compared to uh, a checkers uh, chicken? Uh, uh, it's probably I don't know, twenty, twenty-five percent more, maybe even a lot more. Yeah. Why don't you become vegetarian, you two, like me? I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry, Lindsay, I did interrupt you. You were asking. I was uh, going to ask, Viv, does this open the door for more Brazilian imports because South Africa can't produce its own chickens because of bird flu and because of uh, power crisis, etc.? Does that mean there's going to be more imports into South Africa, which has all sorts of implications? I, I don't think it will, because like I said, Astral Foods down 10%. These guys are in trouble anyway. You, they can't afford to compete with... You know these things, and it, it, this is this, like I said. I mean, it's going to cost them. Apparently, 2017, the similar outbreak was five and a half million burst and cost 1.9 billion rands. 
So mm. this, but, and this is looking to be bigger, quite that's, frankly, that's which is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I mean, I, I can afford a chicken once a month or something, and I'm not vegetarian. I do like a roast chicken, mm. and I buy something called a poulet jaune, a yellow chicken, which is fed, fed on corn. It's imported from France, and I, I cook it up, and it's absolutely delicious. But I understand the daily protein of the average South African is being compromised. Yeah. David, two other companies coming out with numbers today, you know, Discovery and Remgro. Please choose one or both. I, I, I've been trying to go through Remgro. And um, I, I must admit, I, I can't quite get my head around what they stand for anymore. Uh, meaning that, um, you know, it, 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 it's just a potpourri. It's just a whole selection of different businesses. Uh, and from my point of view, it doesn't really give me any kind of uh, feeling that I used to get in the past. So this is a company I have to own. If you look at the intrinsic value, you know, they, they put an intrinsic value, uh, their valuation is, um, I had it here around about, well, well, <laughs> I've got so many numbers here. Oh, um, intrinsic value 248.47 a share, uh, which is, which is well down, like 36% down on the, the other, on the share price of about, uh, 158. And historically, what is the discount in this particular it's case? It's been the same between 15 to, th this is the highest I've seen it. it but this is their valuation, you know, so this is exactly. the highest I've seen to their intrinsic value. Generally, it's been in the region of 15 to 25%. But I think, um, you know, at, at, at this point, it's uh, significantly down on that level. So, I, I, yeah, you know, there, I, you can go ask over there, but I mean, there's a lot of, you know, they've got MediClinic, Heineken, RCL Foods, Sequala Foods, Outsurance. Uh, they've got the fiber businesses, air products, Total Energy. And then they've got a portfolio of first round discovery and momentum shares and that. So, I, you know, is there anything that you really want to hold in there? You know, <laughs> and, and if you do, why don't you do it yourself? Viv, is there a future for companies like Remgo? Or do people just say, okay, it was fine in the day, 20, 30 years ago, whenever it was formed. But with this discount, and there's so much noise about discount when it comes to process and NASPES, etc. Isn't it time to stop this sort of thing, Viv? Do we have this kind of structure overseas anyway? Yeah, look, I mean, I think what, yeah, you know, you, you do have these kind of things, but generally what happens is when the big guy in charge that built everything together either retires or passes away, uh, you know, normal shareholders, normal asset managers are going to come in and, and split it up because the discount, like David said, is just too large. Mm. It doesn't make sense. There's no value add here. So yeah, you will find that, you know, either when he decides, your hundred decides that he's like had enough of things or basically, you know, uh, passes on or whatever, you will find that this will break up. It, this is the kind of thing that's created by, you know, individual like magnets kind of guys, not uh, something that's designed by some kind of uh, fundamental, you know, market reasoning. Okay, uh, so the... you know, I was I, I was discussing mm. this this morning. Yes, and the difference the difference between this company and say, and and I was referring to Bidvest because I saw they did a deal yesterday, which I quite liked. I the Australian like deal. Bidvest is going. Yes, I like where Bidvest is going. You know, it's always been a good company. I've always been a supporter, and even when they split from Bidcorp, uh, and and the point I was making with when Joffy was running it, or even Lindsay Ralphs. Uh, the new map, they add value to the underlying businesses. In other words, they're operating those businesses uh, in a, in, you know, in a 
They oversee those businesses, they oversee the success. These are operating businesses within, uh, you know, within the, the, the group structure. Whereas here, I can't see anything in it. You know, okay, we hold some MediClinic, uh, you know, we hold some Heineken, we hold some RSL Foods, but there's no real added value or there's nothing really that they're putting there. You know, that they developed, admittedly, Rupert, uh, Han Rupert, admittedly, he developed uh, Richmond, which he then, uh, you know, grew it unbundled. The same thing with, you know, if you go to the history of, of British American tobacco. But but there's nothing here that I say, okay, you know, this is, there's, there's some future. I can't get hold of it uh, in other way. In any other way, I want to buy Rembra. Uh, I don't but do they have unlisted entities as well? Because sorry, I'm, I lost track of Rembro because I, I find it rather tedious. Mm. Do they have unlisted? I mean, didn't they used to have Total? Or was mm. that something mm. that was mm. was it's that another company? Total, no, Total Energies. Yeah, they've got Wispico, Air Products. They're decent little businesses, but they're not big enough. You know, they haven't grown those in any magnificent way. That are you know they're major contributors. So they're very you know they're very small in the overall sense of it. Anyway, I, I, I just find it, I think we saw the same with PSG. They eventually reached a level where they couldn't add value anymore. There was nothing there to hold on to or to grow. Uh, they couldn't find anything and they just kind of split it up. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what the future is. I, why, why, why I'm going is that we've had, uh, uh, you know, we, you've, you get a lot of managers who look at the discount and think it's a juicy way to get into a market. Well, I hate to inform them that discount's never <laughs> going to close. <laughs> well, it hasn't closed for so many years. And the other thing, Viv, is that the management fees they charge, I don't know what they are. Sure. I, don't, I don't look at the <laughs> results. David will be looking at them overnight, I'm, I'm sure, although there was a few football matches tonight to distract him. But the management fees must be quite juicy, I would have thought, Viv. Yeah, I mean, this the general thing we've seen here. We talked about this again with uh, with the process and ASPA situation, where yeah. you know that's just been a drain on shareholder value for the last you know decade plus. You know, in fact, since effectively that that, that ten cent uh, acquisition, it has not benefited shareholders much to have uh, that management team around. Uh, in fact, it actually cost their money. Um, so yeah, I do think that uh, you know these kind of structures, like I said, it's driven by individuals. Uh, and David did mention the fact that yeah, there's been some examples here where we had you know an increase uh, in value come through, but I don't think the overall portfolio really benefits from it. Okay, just on that Naspers process uh, story, I don't know if you listened to the interview. I think it was with Alec Hogg and, and Pete Phil Yoon. And uh, Pete Phil Yoon, obviously a deep value investor and very, very opinionated and a clever fella. Deep value mm. investor. He said that he reckons that having Bob Van Dyke there and uh, the, the people around him has cost shareholders 40%. Maybe that's a little bit excessive, David. No, I, uh, he's probably right. Uh, I think Pete loves to look at these things. And he's probably put valuations around it. And uh, I, I, I support what he says. You know, I, I, I didn't go into the detail that Pitt went, but I used to watch it just as an outsider, and uh, you know, always bothered by what's being added. I, you know, there's nothing that excites me about process and aspects. I don't want it through delivery service or a, or a <laughs> classifieds or you name it. I, you know what else they do, an education company or a fintech company, which are very small in, 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 in size and not really doing anything spectacular. They might, after a few years, finally break even. But, but so what? You know, where are they going? Where's, where, are they, where are these companies going to be in a few years' time? And in the meantime, the cost of, of, 
of actually funding Mr. Van Dyke's uh, lifestyle, I think has cost us an enormous amount. And, the, and all the transactions that took place, you know, the, the fees that were paid to, to advisors you know, are just crazy. You know, I, if you want, if you really want uh, uh, to, to waste money, give it to me, you know. <laughs> I don't charge anything. <laughs> My fees are pretty low, you know. I live modestly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 or viv. You know, so Viv will buy you a portfolio of shares. You don't have to sweep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, of, of PG, I, mean, I think people have paid about over $1.2 billion since he's, since he's been appointed CEO in less than 10 years, over $1.2 billion. Yeah. That's what it cost him for the next. I think there was one year when he was paid a billion bonus. I mean, not, not just over 10 yeah. years, Viv. I think there was one year when the share price was doing incredibly well, that he got a billion. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't watch this because I find talk, I mean, I'm English, so we don't talk about money. It's far too. It's far too. Uh, it's far too common to talk about money. Um, David talks about the price of, of chicken. English, the English wouldn't wouldn't say a word about that sort of thing. Let's have a look at the markets now because the dollar rand is 1884, slightly weaker U.S. dollar. British pound against the rand is 2318. And the euro rand is 2009. Euro dollar 106.60, which is a 0.2% gain for the euro. On to commodities now. Gold price was well, nearly 1950 yesterday. It's now nearly 1920. In fact, it's exactly 1920, which is down $26 per ounce. Platinum down 22 to 926 dollars per ounce, and palladium is 1261, which is down 22. Now let's have a look at this oil price because this is morbidly fascinating to me because it's done. So, I mean, I go on about it every day, but it's terribly important to do so. Brent crude oil, okay, it's off its highs of the week. It's virtually unchanged today, 94 dollars 37, and West Texas crude is 90 dollars 73, which is what is that around about? A quarter of a percent weaker. Yeah. And what else have we got here? Gosh, copper down 1.4%. But it else as steel down 1.9%. So things are going on on the uh, larger bulk commodities as well. And the all-important capital markets, the South African 10-year bond yield after the Fed, after the, well, all these central banks actually, but notably the sub, 10.565%, which is a big move, 11 basis points higher for that yield. And the US 10-year, I think it's the highest since 1st of June 2007 was the last time it was here. It's 4.48%. Let's call it 450. And that is, that's quite a big move. And if you're a chartist, David, you're an amateur chartist. Have a look at this huge downtrend yeah. that has been broken in the last couple of months to the upside. Whether it can last, I don't know. S&P 500 futures, just clinging on to 4,400. 4,403, I was hoping for 4,600 around about this time of year. But no, 4,401.5, down over a percent now, the S&P, which is not good at all. The Bitcoin price, just below 27,000, down nearly 2%. So risk is off the table today, gentlemen. Viv, observations from you, because you're a lateral thinker. Any observations outside of all the mundane stuff that we've been speaking about. I want you to think about a 10-year bond yield, right? Four and a half percent, basically. Okay. Look at the amount of debt the U.S. has at the moment. It's 30 trillion roundabout. Right. And the amount of it that's rolling in the next couple of years. Then factor in just what the previous rates were and what the new rates are going to be like for this debt. And the amount the U.S. is going to be spending on servicing this debt is unsustainable. There is no way that the economy can sustain that. We're talking multiple trillions a year 
in just paying the interest payment on that debt. Four percent, four and a half percent on on basically on thirty trillion. You know, mm. we're talking basically, yeah. That that, that is that, that is that is a huge amount of money. And so, yeah, this this this, this interest rate environment that we're in currently, there has to be some kind of breaking point to happen. Either inflation goes sky high and devalues that debt, they cut back on spending, which is very unlikely, or interest rates come down. Because, like I said, 4.5% of that is like it's over a trillion dollars a year. What about, David, following on from what Viv has said, another downgrade? I mean, we've had one downgrade. Was it Fitch or Moody's? I can't remember. I think it was Fitch. What about another downgrade? What about a, a deeper downgrade than the going from AA plus to AAA or whatever it was? I, yeah. I never get it right. What happens then? Do people suddenly start I to say no. Viv, no. Viv Governor was absolutely right? You don't believe that, do you? You just think, no. just print some no. more money. No. That's all. You know, Viv's right. I mean, I don't think we, they can sustain it. I'm not questioning what he's saying. But somewhere along the line, uh, this will um, be felt by the economy. And in fact, I think it's going to be felt sooner than later. And uh, I think that's why you have to pause. After ra- raising rates at this kind of pace, you've got to allow the economy to absorb it. And we'll start to see, I think, slowdowns coming. It's coming in housing. It's coming quite dramatically. That's why I could not, I couldn't reconcile his his uh, almost optimism, an upgrade of the U.S. economy. This is Powell with uh, with where rates were. You know, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not going to question his his uh, the models. You know, and and how he got to those numbers. But it just doesn't seem to be. I couldn't reconcile it in my mind, you know, that he seems fine that the economy, what he's trying to say, or my interpretation, is that the economy is strong enough to sustain all of this. But, you know, that brings in a very valid point is that uh, somehow you've got to, you know, you've got to manage it. And I think anybody who's got debt on their balance sheets are going to find severe, severe strain uh, around it. And, 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 and mainly the people with debt are either consumers or alternatively, you know, the municipalities and governments and people like that. So I, I, I think this is going to break sooner than we think. Break, I mean, I think it's not going to be 2025 before they start reducing rates. No, and it, it's so interesting because you think, okay, the interest rate, we've been used to much higher interest rates worldwide. Mm. But you look yeah. at the, the, the Bank of England today saying, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're leaving yeah. un, unchanged at five and a quarter percent. Wasn't that long ago that it was 0.25%, yeah. in other words, yeah. a quarter yeah. of a percent? And suddenly it's yeah. five and a quarter percent. Yeah. If you're a mortgage holder, if you're a corporate with that debt on your balance um, sheet, etc., and you haven't hedged your treasury department thought, nah, we don't need to do anything. We'll come in in the morning, push a few papers around uh, because interest rates yeah. are not going up because inflation is under control, etc. But suddenly you've gone from a quarter of a percent to five and a quarter percent. This is a massive, massive problem. Mm. The consumer and the corporate level and the government level as well, as Viv said, when it comes to the United States, which is completely out of control. Never mind Japan. What about the United States? Gentlemen, I'm going to give you my top five, bottom five. Pepcor up 1.2%, Investec PLC 1.1% high, Remgro, we spoke about that, up nearly a percent, Omnia up 0.9%, Shaftesbury 0.8% for Shaftesbury. On the downside, there must be a stiff story here with Anglo Platinum down 5.5%. No. no, is this the real thing? Down 5.5%. No, percent. Oh, okay. No, this is a real thing. They paid their dividend a month ago. 
Okay. <laughs> and this is, these are the shares that were, were roaring. Where are we now? Thursday, I think Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and last week. You know, this is what happens. Six ninety so, for Anglo American mm, Platinum. Mm, what a sad mm. story that is. What destruction of wealth has been over the last couple of years. Karoo mm. down five and a quarter. Nuspes down five point one percent. African Rainbow Minerals down four and a half, and Kumba Iron Ore down four point. Four percent, David. You're going to have to give us. You've got the onerous and rather painful task of giving us the closing JSE indices. Horrible day. Horrible. Yeah, I, I I make it about a six to one. You know, for every gainer, I'm talking about the heavy caps, the big caps. You know, um, about you know one gainer for every six losers. But the all share ended down two point one two percent at seven three. Two three eight. So that makes us kind of almost half a percent up, I think, for the year. That's in rand terms. Uh, resources took most of the punishment down 2.9 percent. This is a resource 10. Uh, yeah, both. In fact, the the broader resource index also around about there. Then banks came under a bit of pressure. Financials. They the banks index was down 1.6 percent. Financials down. The broader financial index down about two percent. And then uh, and the industrial 25 down about two and a quarter percent as well. So all all across the board, you know, everything was down as you mentioned. So nothing escaped, um, you know, nothing escaped uh, the, the markdown. That's the markets, you know. That's that's what we live through. Value traded, please. Trade, this trade, this is interesting. Trade was quite big, and I, I don't know whether where we now in, in September. I don't know whether this was uh, September the twenty first. Isn't it some sort of solstice today? September the twenty first, twenty third, autumn solstice. Right. No? Yeah, I was having an argument with my wife, and she said it's the 23rd. That's nothing new. And she gave me the exact time somewhere in the morning of the 23rd, oh, which okay. is Saturday morning, yeah. But anyway, value trader was 39, almost 40 million. Oh, I no, don't the, the, know. Billion, you mean? Oh, we, we're now September. Sorry, billion. Sorry, billion. We are September, so I don't know whether this is a futures trader. You know, I'm not a futures trader, whether <gasps> this has course. anything to do with a closeout. Viv has kept quiet. But, uh, you must, you must know about this, Viv. Know, <laughs> I, I, I used to be much more when I was doing the futures uh, trading back in the yeah. day, but I've actually lost track of that myself. Yeah, but quite possibly, yeah, it is. I mean, it's in September. Yeah, it is the so, second, second to last week of September. Yeah, you should yeah. be this time. Exactly right. Well spotted because it's March, June, September, December. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Okay. Well spotted, everybody. Thank you very much. Hopefully, next Thursday things will be slightly rosier than today because it has been yeah. really, really bleak. And the central banks, although they didn't raise rates, their rhetoric was rather dampening. David Shapiro is from Sassim Securities, and Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss, and that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.